0: So I just want to introduce Darren Clark. Darren joins us. He's on Zoom in the studio. Hi, Darren. Good morning. Good to have you. How are you? Yeah, very
1: well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: That's good. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what you do?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I'm a, a global neurodiversity uh, consultant. So, I work with um, uh, schools and the educational side of it, and corporates uh, in raising awareness for neurodiversity.
0: Brilliant! And I have, I, I have, have I read your LinkedIn profile this week, and I was really touched by what you wrote on there. So, I hope you don't mind, but I want to read it out. It's a bit wordy, so I thought I'd no, read it no, out. No. But I just think it gives um, listeners a bit of a insight into into you. All right, so this is is what Darren wrote. I really struggled at school. No matter how hard I tried, I just didn't seem to be learning at the same pace as peers. Being asked to stand up in class would fill me with anxiety and I would come home to my family every day feeling stupid and with crippling headaches. Each day at school, I would hope that things would somehow be better and my understanding of the lessons would suddenly improve. Sadly, this never happened. As I moved upwards through the school at, the year at school, most of my time would be spent in the unit, free, a freezing porter cabin in the far reaches of the school ground where the problem kids were sent to receive help. Special help would never materialise and I came to understand that kids were sent to the unit to get them out the way. That brought tears to my eyes, Darren. So that was, that was you when you were younger and obviously struggling in a system that puts round round pegs into square holes absolutely how was it
1: well i i guess at the time i guess i just had this kind of hidden strength i guess that just you know continued you you know through it but uh it's only been the kind of probably past couple of years i've really reflected on especially the work that i'm doing with with schools and and, uh you know raising more awareness uh i've been able to kind of look back on it and uh, and see you know how, how tough it how tough it was um i mean it was you know i i kind of uh you know break down some of the i, I probably don't you know i don't want to go into the great details of, of everything but it just it it paints a picture and i guess you know the era that i was in around you know the awareness of dyslexia was uh, sadly uh, you know i was kind of missed through the the educational system um yeah. so so yeah i i Uh, I don't really want the work that I do now is just try and stop um, people going through the same thing that I went through.
0: Yeah. And I think I think that's a a good point, because, you know, I think we're going to talk to um, a mum in a minute um, later in the show whose daughter is dyslexic. But my daughter had um, had dyspraxia and the same feelings, the same feelings. But also I used to be a supply teacher, Darren, not that long ago. And I used to get the bottom classes and yep. it, it almost felt like it was wasted time for the children that were in those bottom classes. So I think it's really, really important to highlight it and make sure children that feel like you did when you were younger don't have to go through the same thing. So you chosen a song, so um, Walking on Sunshine. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that one?
1: Yeah, so, so it's, it's, it stems from my childhood, really, and um, I've always been, you know, I don't know if it's my ADHD or... Um, dyslexia I've always been kind of bouncy around uh, and, and loved music um, and I found it's an escapism and this was what got me out of bed uh, in the mornings uh, to get me off the score uh, I just remember it playing so much um, uh, as, as a child so it brings it brings happy memories back it's
0: amazing music isn't it so amazing, we're going to yeah. listen to this and then we're going to talk to you some more because it's such an interesting um, subject mm-hmm. Okay, so Darren says that if his camera was on he'd see us dancing, he see him dancing, but um, we've, we've all got, that song is such an uplifting song as well, isn't it? It's, it's just wonderful. So um, Darren, so Christy and I were saying in the break that li- listening in, in, um, to what I read out actually brought a tear to our eyes, because um, very emotive. Tell us a little bit more about your life and how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, no, so absolutely. So, so school was, if uh, you can picture, it was a, a, a difficult time. Hence, you know, I wasn't put for any exams. Uh, so left school without any qualifications and really struggling to read and write, basically. So um, I applied for lots of different jobs. Uh, and again, leaving school with, without uh, any qualifications means things are a lot more uh, trickier than, than they are anyway. So I left school, uh, my mum, I, I applied for so many different jobs, anything. I mean, i, I remember. Pushed, you know, borrowing my dad's suit, which was like three sizes too big for me, and, and walking into places like banks and shops and just asking for jobs. And um, I think I had about 20, 20 application forms. My mum helped me fill out all of them. Um, and and uh, I fell in love with retail. Um, and I started my first job just pushing trolleys 12 hours a week. Um, fell in love with retail, uh, and then managed to kind of work my way up um, through the retail sort of ladder, the progression uh, through that. And. and that was incredibly, you know, difficult, again, not having any qualifications, <clears throat> uh, but managed to kind of work my way to, to regional manager, uh, looking after many, many staff and stores. Um, and then moving forward, I then left that, started my own business. Um, and it wasn't until uh, the age of 36 that um, I, I was think I was a year into my business uh, that I started really kind of looking into the, the dyslexia and the ADHD because this was, un- I was still undiagnosed at this point. Um, and you know how I found out I was uh, dyslexic uh, was purely by chance. Uh, it was a, uh, a, 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 I think it was in the afternoon, it was like a Points West TV interview. Someone was interviewing someone uh, from floristry business, and they kept saying, "Why did you set up this floristry business?" Uh, they kept saying, "Well, I'm dyslexic. I can't, you know, tell you I can't write down what the bouquets are, but I can tell you by colour and smell and everything else." And she kept talking about dyslexia and some of the things that they struggle with. And it was like one of those light bulb moments where um, it it kind of resonated with me in some of the struggles that I had in. So I once I realised how to spell dyslexia, I googled it, um, and then I looked into uh, lots of uh, different things. I went for a, a, a test, um, and uh, they diagnosed me with dyslexia and ADHD. That changed um, considerable amount of where my journey kind of took. So I started working with the educational side of it and spoke. I think I've spoken to about just over 85,000 students over the past six, seven years around business, entrepreneurship and uh, dyslexia, neurodiverse. Um, And now I've been on uh, the past two years, I've been on a a kind of a campaign uh, globally, really, um, in in raising more awareness and teaching and training. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what, what brings me to today.
0: Yeah, excellent. Absolutely excellent, and yes, I, I went on your LinkedIn, and saw all the fantastic things you did to raise the raise dyslexia. Because to be honest, the statistics on um, dyslexia are sort of between five and ten percent of the population, aren't they? But I'm sure yeah. that's a lot. There's a lot more that don't go undiagnosed, like you, even you know, from from childhood to adulthood. What do you
1: Absolutely. think the real <laughs> figure is? Oh, I- <laughs> when- statistically a lot more but purely on the basis of if you think you know I went through the system I guess you know age 36 uh, and, and a lot of the work that I've done people I've spoken to you know they're getting diagnosed in sort of late 50s late 60s uh, I, I think one gentleman 72 uh, got diagnosed with, with, uh, with dyslexia so I think it's more well, it's more known even though there's so much work to be done now, it's more known uh, and prevalent that people are, are either getting diagnosed earlier or at least understanding uh and, you know about it. But but that statistic is basically on people that are actually um diagnosed and have that support element now.
0: Yeah. Fascinating subject. It's really interesting because people are still searching all
2: their life for something that they don't know what is they know something's not quite right. Um, and this chap who's 72 has just been diagnosed, you must now think, I knew there was something. I just needed someone to say what it was so I know what I've been living with.
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, some people take the diagnosis in in so many different ways. For me, it was a a bit of a a relief in some aspects, I I guess, because I used to kind of, um, you know, Beat myself up, metaphorically speaking, in the sense of uh, some of the promotions that I didn't get, or the the jobs I didn't get, or some of the things that I struggled with. You know, I get complete burnout um, if I'm if I'm working too much, or you know, uh, words moving around the screen. Um, and I, I've learned a lot of self care uh, to to understand that when I get to those points of of kind of down toolsing and stopping um and and taking those you know those breaks as well but but i guess it's yeah i mean i I, people say when you found out you know at the age of 36 what did you do and i guess i've always i think that's primarily what i did i kind of you know just took a little bit of stock and then and then kind of carried on but i know it's not the case with some people
0: yeah you've chosen a song the only way is up which is another favorite of mine i'm sure it is of yours chrissy as well Uh so yeah yeah (laughs) That song has significance for you, you were saying.
1: Yeah, m- massive significance. It was, uh, I-, I guess, for me, you know, there's been loads of periods in my life where, you know, the undiagnosed dyslexia, some of the, the, the pressures of work and life and everything that's uh, that's kind of been there. And, and that song, for, for some reason, uh, always, I always listen to it on the radio when it comes up, when and it always lifts my spirits, and it has a, a really significant impact. Um, Element it just it just energizes me for for, for some unknown reason and, and it's kind of a, a go to song even now I, I would listen to it um, uh, when when I need that kind of motivation and that energy to pick me up.
0: Okay, so we're all going to get motivation and energy now. So um, you can dance again in your in, um, yeah. and everyone at home, if you just get off your, I'm going to say get off your backside, stand up, <laughs> get moving. Here's a little song to sing to for the listeners and listeners today we are joined by darren clark monique and um sophie and the subject today is dyslexia so if you want to um join in the conversation we are available on a one six two eight four eight eight nine seven five 7 97975 is our text number or email us at studio at marlowfm.co.uk. Darren, how's lockdown been for you?
1: Well, it it seems to have, uh, like everyone, seems to have kind of uh, been going on for an incredibly long time now. Um, And and I guess when when it initially happened, you know, we had to kind of, uh, you know, to get everything in order and all these different things and businesses and everything. But um, I I guess we're at the time now, we, we... I've been—it's been kind of a bit, kind of up and down, if, if, if I'm honest, because you know, emotionally, physically, mentally—you uh, you know, everything—that um, element. So, so it's been tough. But we've we've been doing, um, keeping ourselves pretty busy. We've been, you know, still connecting with different people from uh, across the globe, and we created a, a, a global network, um, which enabled people to um, to continue speaking and, and uh, raise more awareness about sex. So it's been it's been incredibly tough. I'm not going to lie about that. But um, but we we you know we're we're getting through it, um, and connecting the United people still.
0: What about uh, what are your feelings now? Because obviously there's so many parents out there that have um that are homeschooling. So many children that are uh, uh, sort of homeschooling themselves as such. The older ones. How Absolutely. difficult is that if you've got dyslexia?
1: Oh incredibly difficult um you know and, and i think homeschooling in general is you know i i so much credit for, for parents with um with homeschooling it's in, in you know it's, it's tough at the best of times when you you bring in you know neurodiversity you bring in dyslexia adhd uh you know it, it's it, it you know, the child child's routine um is obviously you know goes out the window um you know it's it's uh, there's there's elements of the child's the concentration i know for, uh, for for my element of dyslexia you know, I need I need, um, I need, need space, you know, and I need a certain, you know, routine, I, I guess. But the, the biggest thing that um, has really helped, I, I guess, is the advice is the, the, the for me, in the sense of if I was to work sort of, say, nine or three, uh, you know, like a, a student's day, I would say, you know, I would need lots of breaks. So it's almost, for instance, if a child can work for, say, 20 minutes, I'd say flat out, but if the child can kind of work, you know, concentrate 20 minutes and then break, and then come back, rather than thinking that, that they've they got to get that whole piece of work done or they've got to read that whole chapter or they've got to do this. And it's, it's those little kind of mini thing, mini breaks um, that, that allows a, a child. definitely does help. It would definitely help me um, looking back on it. It helps me now with, with the way yeah. that I look at
0: work. So it's be kind to yourself, isn't it? Really. Absolutely. That's what you say. So I'm just going to go over and speak. So um, morning, Monique. Monique, good morning, Sophie. Um, so, so, tell us a little bit about um, yourself and um, your challenge or your challenges.
3: So, this- um, well, um, uh, everything at uh, at school is a challenge uh, for Sophie. Anything uh, uh, connected to language and uh, processing what she is uh, being reading. Uh, this is a big
0: challenge for her. Yeah. And Sophie, uh, how old are you, Sophie? To start with, a lovely age. And um, how have you found homeschooling? Um,
2: well, it was alright, but sometimes it got a bit tricky.
0: Mm. Which bits got tricky for you? Probably mostly like the English and like the geography. Yeah, they're the hardest subjects. So Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, learning online is difficult, isn't it, when it, when um, you've got no teacher to ask, it's all done on the screen, and you get, like Darren says, incredibly tired. Yeah. So, and, so we're going to go to a song now, but um, after that, maybe we can ask Darren for some more tips, Sophie, and if you can think of anything that you want to ask, then go ahead the song we're going to um, have now is actually another one of yours um darren this is read all about it no um by emilia sandé
1: yes yes so so that this is um this is a song literally the 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 past couple of years and it kind of i I love the words the words are you know absolutely beautiful and it really does it, it kind of Enables you to kind of look within yourself, uh, and, and and again, it comes down to kind of self confidence, self care, but but really kind of um, know how special you are, and um, it, yeah, it really re- re- the words uh, really resonated uh, with me, and I think that it's, it's it's a beautiful song.
0: Yeah, let's have a listen to Amelia. She writes some and and sings some beautiful songs. Okay, I say. so is, that yeah. is a beautiful
1: Sometimes beautiful song.
0: So um, lovely, lovely song. So Darren, tell me a little bit about sort of the tips and strategies that you can give people that are home parents that are homeschooling, but also children that are homeschooling.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think, you know, sp- creating a, a space would be uh, amazing uh, for, for the individual, um, you, you know, kind of, uh, you know, somewhere that's kind of quiet in the sense that they can kind of, they can, re- you know, relax and feel kind of, um, at home, I guess, and I know that's very difficult if you're, you know, working from home. It's very, you know, there's lots of noise and, and things going on. But, but, you know, just having a designated space would be, um, you know, so great. But, but even little things like passwords, uh, you know, uh, just just starting to get something started. I know whenever I'm starting to do something, if you if a child is taking a while trying to remember a password or trying to log on or trying to do these things, that the support you can give them at the start because if if they Spend that time doing that, then they're already exasperated before they can get into actually the learning side of it. So, so anything that you can do to kind of pre-support, um, you know, those those elements, lots and lots of breaks. Um, you know, don't think, you know, you, you will actually the child will be will be more encouraged uh, to do it if if they know that there's some some <laughs> some breaks coming up, and also just trying to find it engaging. Um, we tend to with dyslexic we tend to thrive. When we're doing something that we're more engaged with. Now, I know that's very difficult because within school you're given certain subjects and subjects you're excelling, others you won't find that fascinating. But there are, uh, if there's an element of of bringing that engagement into it, uh, that could really, really help um, the student.
0: I've I've been contacted by um, somebody who's actually at the start of the journey. They've got a nine-year-old son, and um, they've just texted me to say um, to kind of say that. That they, I think homeschooling's highlighted it for this lady because she said she's noticed how different her son is in lockdown. She's noticed he couldn't focus. He gets frustrated so much more. He finds reading hard work. He hates writing and will take a long time to produce a piece of work, copies numbers and words out wrong, muddles numbers. He's good at maths and art, but a real perfectionist. He also has a very poor memory. And this is what she's picked up. It's not been picked up by the school, but I think this homeschooling has has, has made her see more of how her son is in a classroom situation. She says he's not been picked up by the school. He's very quiet at school. And even on Zoom, homeschooling, he's very quiet. Super confident at home with his family. And is really good at judo and sports, and um, but it's just that he, she says it's really sad the school don't see his fun cheeky side. She also mm-hmm. says she's spoken to a school teacher on Bucks County Council and SEN at the school, and everyone yeah. seems to recommend going to get somewhere to get an official diagnosis report, starting at eight hundred pounds. Um, mm-hmm. And although she's booked that, the other th- thing she wants to kind of say is it's ridiculous that people can't afford that money. Um, any tips for her starting out on that journey, and then we'll listen to your journey, Monique and Sophie, because it's probably quite different.
1: Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, I completely, you know, I know how, how tough it, it, it must be, you know, starting that journey, and again, not just starting it, but but you know, going through it. Um, you know, when, when we're talking of huge sums of money of like eight hundred pound, it is, you know, that that is really really tough. I, I guess you know, the, the British Dyslexia Association have an incredible wealth of knowledge uh, on on their actual website, and as you mentioned with the SEND uh, side of it, they have uh, so much. Um, kind of tips and guides uh, to kind of walk you through uh, a, a lot of the steps and the stages and they do have a, a helpline within that so I would definitely urge you to, to maybe have a look at the British Dyslexia Association um, website for that. There is so much, sometimes there's information overload uh, so it's almost just, I, I guess the best thing if you're looking to tackle this in that sense is when you go onto their website is have a, a reason to, you know think to yourself what am I going in there for because you could get lost. Uh, in that side of it. There are um, charities and there are organisations out there that can help uh, with funding um, uh, to, to help with you know, the, the amount of money uh, to pay for this. The schools can help and support without uh, an actual uh, diagnosis. Um, there, there are some supports and elements on there, but it, it does—it um, it is a case of just, I guess, trying to get that, um, the, the school to understand what the child's needs are uh and how best to support that, that individual so those are a couple of it, it is it, I've, you know i've spoken to hundreds and hundreds of parents who are going through the, the, the similar uh, element of uh, of it there are, there are a wealth of, of knowledge and i think if you start with the with the school in the bda uh, the british selection association that may then start the, the the journey of where you can then get support within your local area um as well
0: excellent and monique and sophie what was
3: your journey like the journey started in 2014 when we moved to uk and uh, the schools uh, that sophie went to uh, i i can't blame them for they put everything on the fact that english was not the first language for sophie yeah our journey started even uh, more tricky it was more complicated more difficult and we can't blame the schools putting the blame on the uh, fact that she's not, uh, uh, English was not the first language, but uh, 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 they kept on putting the blame on that. So they didn't recognize any signs of, uh, and maybe they did, but they just just waiting to, very long. Mm. And we were, uh, we changed the schools as well, because we uh, noticed that the school that Sophia was at, at the beginning didn't have any support. They didn't, they didn't pick up anything. They were just telling yeah. us everything is going to be all right. She will. She's going to be fine. Yeah. But yeah. we, as parents, we didn't feel like things yeah. are getting better. And that's hard. That's really hard.
0: Um And so, um, Sophie, how did it feel to you? We've got. Um, we've got to play the mu- news in a minute, and I know, Darren, I'm very conscious that you've got to go. Yeah. But How did it feel, Sophie, to you? It felt very.
3: It's like what was going on, like, yeah. I just couldn't uh, keep up with the peers, huh? Yeah. yeah. It was like, what can't I do? Yeah.
0: But yeah. how amazing are you? How amazing absolutely. that English wasn't your your first language, and here you are speaking very fluent English, and 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 coming on the radio show. I mean, you're amazing,
3: absolutely amazing.
0: Truly really incredible. Really incredible, Yeah, it's
3: very hard work uh, from the, from us as parents, but also Sophie. Yeah, she she's not giving up. Yeah, and she's also not afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Uh, she's actually uh, asking so many questions uh, all the years. The teachers that I I am I'm like uh, how the teacher had to have enough of Sophie and asking her questions um, <laughs> what the word means. Why we speak it like that? Yeah, and that's important, Darren,
0: isn't it?
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I I think one of the reasons why my school uh, would put me in different classrooms, uh, you know, in the unit was because I kept put my hand up and kept asking questions. And I would definitely encourage you keep asking those questions and keep learning and keep inspiring. And it's been incredible to meet and, and hear you today.
0: Brilliant, you Darren. Help. I know you've got a, you've got a storytelling, and that's part of what you do, isn't it? So you've yes. got to leave us now, which is really disappointing because I think we could talk about this subject for a long, long time. So I think Chrissy. We need to get we need to get Darren back on here for a whole session, sort of in a, in a few months time. Absolutely,
2: and I'm loving the song choices. Thank you very I much. Know. So I'm you can
0: lead back as well. Yeah, the song choices are amazing. actually, you can uh, before my show every every month. I'm going to send you a list of, um, and you can send me a list of your most inspiring songs, Darren. So, there there
1: are, there are a few.
0: <laughs> so, how do people contact you just before you go?
1: Yeah, so so uh, I'm uh, again I'm on, uh, on the social channels, so I'm on, primarily on LinkedIn just under Darren Clark. Um, I'm uh, I've got a website, Global Neurodiversity Consultant. Um, but yeah, just if I, if there's any questions whatsoever, then please you know uh, contact me. Uh, I'll be delighted to help, or again you know uh, speak to someone who can um in any way but thank you so much indeed for your time
0: brilliant excellent if you can ping me your email address um darren that would be great i can if if you're happy for people to email you um i can and you're happy for me to give it out on air i will do most certainly okay fantastic having you on thank you very much enjoy your storytelling we're going to go to the news now but monica and and chrissy you're going to stay with me for a little while brilliant yes do that. we were saying in the break weren't we about greatest showman how fantastic that film is in terms of highlighting that everyone can be different and it's okay we are actually if you think about it we're all born with different dna so why we all try and be a herd and be the same i don't know you know, we should be celebrating our individuality, shouldn't we? Anyway, yeah, so that's... this is me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Monica and, and Sophie, it's so nice to have you on. So, Monica, you started telling us the journey that you were on and the fact that obviously um, Sophie, who's amazing, actually has conquered English and, um, you know, she, obviously falling behind with with her peers and that. How did that journey continue? How did you actually get help? Or, in fact, have you got help for Sophie?
3: Well, we, we, we kept on the hearing from schools, uh, uh, everything is going to be fine, everything is going to be fine, we need more time to observe her, we, uh, the, the English, uh, not first English is the main, main problem, but we felt, as parents, we felt it's not uh, 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 everything, uh, particularly because we had uh, we have three children, and the mm-hmm. oldest one, she didn't have a problem at all. And I'm talking now about, like, three years later. And Sophie was still very behind and not keeping up at all, making very little progress. Uh, If there was any progress, she was uh, giving, like, um, uh, very very, uh, straight uh, ideas about uh, dyslexia. Um, It happened uh, that we have in family both sides uh, dyslexic. uh, people right so we know a little bit about the dyslexia dys- dyslexia not exactly uh, d- directly uh, uh one of uh, our children before like the oldest one is not dyslexic and uh, so we we we, we thought uh, it might be dyslexia because she's giving the uh, signs of dyslexia the direct signs of dyslexia she's mixing letters Mm. she's very slow uh, she can't recognize the uh, the same word on one page she's reading it wrong on the other page she can't remember anything so like direct signs of dyslexia and um, m- maybe the school also had an idea that uh, sophie's dyslexic but uh, somehow they didn't help us they didn't say well uh, it's maybe handy to to, to uh, test sophie for dyslexia so we we uh, uh, We did it privately, like uh, Mm. most of the parents probably. Like you are hopeless; you don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. No one is really helping you. Mm. So we went private, uh, and we tested uh, this uh, Sophie for dyslexia privately, and it came the report. Yeah. And how did things change after that? Well, uh, with a report in the hands, we could go to the school and say, Look, she is dyslexic. Yeah. And we expect you to take action. Mm. Yeah. And have they? Uh, they did. They did somehow. Yeah. They, they helped a little bit, Sophie, but of course, they don't have funds. Yeah. I think that's not the, the, biggest... the, the, the right teachers. Yeah. So they try to do some something uh yeah they they, they try to do probably uh yeah but but it, the help she received from school was not not really great so no. we had to take the, all the action in our hands yeah. to be able to help her yeah which is
0: sadly is often the case and also the fact that you knew, you're, you, you were in Clinton. I think parents are amazing. I always say, I teach antenatal, I always say to the parents, you have, you're an expert in your child. No one else is an expert. You might not think it, but you have instincts and you, you go with your instincts. Probably helped by the fact you had older children. I know, if it were, know if it, in my case, I didn't have anyone to compare my child to. So to start with, you think it's normal. Until you have another child who overtakes in the first two years, so it's really. But, but parents' instincts. Well done, you for actually sort of persevering and going with it. So, Sophie, I'm going to come to you because you've chosen a song for me, haven't you? So, "Lost Boy" by Ruth B. Why that song? Um, because it like kind of
2: reflects like now. It's like we have to stay at home
0: not see each other and we need um, to overcome this. We need each other's help. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, we do. We all need to get together and and know that it will come to an end. But I guess Lost Boy, I guess that's how, is that how you're feeling? A little bit lost? A bit. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people feeling lost. So great song. Oh, great words there. Lost yes no. lost like me. Yes no. People will start not to feel lost and feel a little bit like after listening to this that they're OK and, you know, they can celebrate themselves. So, Chrissy, you had a question. Yes, I mean,
2: we talked um, and heard Monica ask, uh, telling us about your experience when Sophie was undiagnosed and trying to get that diagnosis through uh going to private um uh, child psychologists um and that you had to follow that up the second time do you want to tell us a little bit more about that experience with the the, the psychology specialist once you knew the diagnosis and how that then went on uh to support sophie through senior school
3: once we had the report from the specialist a psychologist, uh, the school had to support us and had to do something. And uh, actually, um, because of the report, we we got a slightly uh, she she, put, she was put in a senko department, so she was signed and it was like a program uh, for Sophie. Somehow I, as a parent, didn't feel like this program is uh, helping uh, much. So we de- we decided to go uh, pr- further privately and uh, search for one-to-one um, support for Sophie, for, for, from the specialist, someone who is specialized in dyslexia and any dyslexic uh, children and has a lot of experience. So we did it. We but it did it. So- <laughs> you were searching these people out yes yes yeah. just online uh, googling and uh, um, seeing parents comments uh, what they did uh, reading a lot i spent hours digging in the internet to find uh, anything about dyslexia as i didn't have experience with that before so i was spending hours digging uh, and uh, trying to find out and help sophie uh, because I, I saw in her the, the 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 pain as well that she's mm. suffering and she can't go uh, further. And she, she's she was such a great uh, um, learner in in general. She liked to go to school. She was enjoying the school. She was enjoying uh, uh, learning, but but she couldn't progress. Mm. So we tried to find someone who can help her to. Um, go through this and, fa- and learn her how to um, how she can help herself in a situation like uh, yeah teach her how to uh, um, how to behave when she ha- she, she experienced uh, the problem yeah yeah
0: and senior school you're saying you're getting more help now in senior school this was in primary school yes yes well
3: uh, uh, senior school uh Sophie maybe you can uh, tell you get uh i got a program called lexia and it like helps me
2: improve comprehension grammar and um and then i get computers for english so i can type instead like having to write and like get the spelling right and i also get extra on exams so i can really think about it excellent.
0: excellent wonderful yeah
2: and it's so it's so good to f- to finally hear that the system, the education system that first let you down, is now spotting you in the best way for Sophie. It yeah. seems to be a more, you know, personalised. Yeah.
3: Yes, we, we we think all together help uh, uh, Sophie to uh, be, be on uh, how she's right now. She's yeah. very confident. She she knows what. Uh, she what, what kind of support she needs from the teacher, so she's come, go, immediately going to the teacher and saying and asking them. Um, yeah. I, I we feel like like we did everything to help her, and the schools and now are working. supporting
0: her. Yeah, brilliant. And Sophie, yeah. you do do you do other things to relax and and help yourself as well? What 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 sort of things have really helped you outside of school?
2: Well, um, I used to do yoga with um Chrissy and. It really cleared my mind of like everything I didn't need, and helped me focus.
0: Excellent. So yoga. I, I, I'm so
2: touched, you know, to hear that because I'm absolutely passionate about going into the education with my yoga and mindfulness, and to hear the child and the actual saying what difference it makes.
0: Yeah. Thank well you. Done you. Well done, you, Chrissy, but well done, you, Sophie. So, a song here, Paul Weller, Town Called Alice. Monica, would you want to say who this is for? Well, it's for my uh, husband. He loves Paul
3: Weller and uh, he, he will enjoy uh, listening to this song.
0: I think we all will. I love Paul Weller as well. I love this song. It takes me back. What about you, Chrissy? We're going to dance <laughs> to this one? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Paul Weller, Town Called Alice love it so i was just going to test your knowledge chrissy who do you who do you know who's famous that's got dyslexia um i should know i'm going to say my husband your husband but what about my husband husband, he's uh, famous to you that's good so monica (laughs) sophie name me one famous person who was dyslexic or is dyslexic can you can you think of anyone
3: yeah, actress. What was her name? Kira.
0: No. Yep. Keep going. The actress. Yes, actress. What was yes. her name? Kira his... Knightley. Yes, Kira yes. Knightley. She's also dyslexic. Yep. Yeah. So also, Whoopi Richard Gold... Who? Richard Branson. Yeah, Richard Branson. But I'm. In a Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. Steven Spielberg. Wow. Um, Albert Einstein. Yes, dyslexic. Albert Einstein yes. was dyslexic. Yes. Amazing at maths, but couldn't write, couldn't read, and read well, and and kept forgetting things. But yeah, and I mean, he's just a legend, isn't he? And then Jamie Oliver, the cook. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, like the swing there is towards acting, music, um, cooking, <laughs> yes. thing, maths. You know, all of the things. What's your favourite subject, Sophie? Science yeah. and art. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Very creative. Yeah. Like the experimenting of science.
2: Yeah. yeah. Very much like my son, Joshua, yeah. who's on the artistic spectrum. Absolutely loves science and yep. art and drama, That's dance. All... Yeah. So it's about... <laughs> Just making... Him...
0: This little fire inside him it's so good I think the problem is isn't it also it's about finding what you really love to do and just going for it and being passionate about it no different from Darren setting up his own business you know going for something that he knew he had control over and he could be like he wanted to be I think I think the problem is that a lot of the schooling system says you've got to have GCSE English to go on to the next stage you've got to have GCSE maths to go on to the next stage and they're the biggest hurdles aren't they for some people and yet they can be absolutely fantastic at such a lot of other things and i think that's where the Mm -hmm. system almost fails in 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 some ways because it's saying you've got to have these things whereas if you go you know to go to further education even if you're doing a course that might not be even maths or english orientated a lot of the time but um think parents
2: parents that push through and never give up You know you're showing your children how to be resilient as well you never gave up and that's the main
3: thing yeah exactly and you can go through this you can go through maths and english but you need the tools the right tools to go through this yeah exactly exactly So it's been lovely, lovely talking to you. I know, Chrissy,
0: you've got to go, haven't you? Because you've got your um, birthday special treat again. I can hear them. Yeah. Yeah, Also, the last (laughs) day of of, um, no-have schooling. So um, we're going to get outside now. Yeah, I don't blame you. you. Works every day to get outside. outside. So, So, Monique, go and Sophie. What are you planning to do this afternoon? Probably go for a walk, another walk. Yeah, another walk. (laughs) Brilliant. And it's been really, really lovely having you on the show. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you'll come back sometime. Chrissy, you need to come back because you're my co presenter. You you, don't get off of that one. Um, And hopefully, Chrissy, you'll be in the studio next time, which will be good. That would be amazing to come back into the studio. Oh, I know. I know yeah. and we can we can share I, I mean you made me hot chocolate once didn't you and you put some brand. Uh, what did you put in it Bailey's don't tell the listeners <laughs> so we do have fun in the studio <laughs> <You just did. laughs> I know. so yeah so have a lovely afternoon both of you and um, I've you. got the last half an hour of the show I've got so many requests from local Marlowe people for birthdays and that any other songs you would like anything that springs to mind um. Not from the top of my head. No, that's fine. You can no. always send me a note. Thank you yeah. very much for
2: inviting yeah.
0: me. You're you're absolutely. It's been absolutely wonderful, and I'm going to play this song just the way you are. Um, by Bruno Mars, a great, great song. And I'm going to dedicate this to my daughter because it was her birthday yesterday. And this is a song I often play. She's probably not even listening, but, you know, she will when she's older, hopefully. Listen back and go, that was my mother. And um got got... Um, Rosie Granger, she's got two little kids. Um, she lives in Marlowe, Helen Corn, Susie Walker, she's she it's her birthday um and on my birthday's next week on the twenty fifth, so I should play this song for me, shouldn't I? We've also got mm. Karen Smith Schaffer, she's um a Marlowe mum, Debbie Appleton and Hazel Lotus. They're all birthdays either this week. So happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to us all. To all of you. Yeah. yeah totally. And we're all birthday buddies. So yeah. That's nice to know. Exactly. <laughs> so have a lovely day and have a lovely weekend, everybody. Take care.